Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. The UK's biggest crackdown yet. The time has now come for us all to do more. A stark warning from the World Health Organization. The virus is accelerating. And how the temporary lockdown could have a permanent effect on the UK's commuters. This is coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. The clearest instructions yet from the Prime Minister. Only leave home to shop for necessities, to take exercise once a day, for medical reasons or to travel to and from work when absolutely necessary for at least three weeks. In an address to the nation, Boris Johnson confirmed that police will have the power to stop gatherings of more than two people in public. The government had come under fire from the Police Federation of England and Wales, who said they had lacked clarity on the role of officers in tackling the crisis. The Prime Minister announced the closure of all non-essential shops, libraries, playgrounds and outdoor gyms, as he warned the country must avoid a sharp rise in cases. To put it simply, if too many people become seriously unwell at one time, the NHS will be unable to handle it, meaning more people are likely to die, not just from coronavirus, but from other illnesses as well. The way ahead is hard, and it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Boris Johnson added that the health service is being strengthened, supplies of equipment were being boosted and the UK is buying millions of testing kits. So how surprising was this announcement? Anna Mihailova is The Telegraph's deputy political editor. To many people outside the UK, tonight's measures don't come as a surprise. They've been living under this kind of curfew for a while now. To Westminster observers, um, I have to say the measures went a bit further than we were expecting, particularly the German-style two-person cap. And I think what it shows you is a government really trying to get on the front foot in terms of its response to coronavirus. There's been quite a lot of criticism over the weekend and even last week about the government's messaging on this, criticising its communication strategy in particular which is partly why today we saw Boris Johnson switch from his daily press conference and do a direct address to the nation. They've realised that there have been faults in the ways that people have been interpreting their messaging. There was quite an apparent lack of it hitting home after the Friday announcement to stay in pubs, illustrated very well by all those pictures of people out in the sunlight enjoying each other's company and not heeding the government's warnings. 
So this has led to quite a lot of criticism, not only of the approach by the government, but by the failure to do effective advertising campaign really hitting this home, and of course of the knock-on stress that this will have on the NHS. And tonight, Boris Johnson really tried to address that. The question, of course, will be enforcement going forward. So, you know, um, in other countries, people have to have an official piece of document to show police when they go outside. There have been reports of actual on-the-spot fines and whether or not we will have the capacity and the number of police officers on the street to do this realistically is, is, is a question to be seen. But certainly this is going to be a much more stringent approach from now on. A startling trajectory. Analysis from multiple sources, including research from John Hopkins University, suggests the UK's situation is just two weeks behind Italy's, where five and a half thousand people have died. Italy has the second oldest population in the world after Japan. So is the Italian population more vulnerable than the UK's? I put that question to The Telegraph's global health security editor, Paul Nuki. It's true that it has a slightly older population, but the difference is not massive compared to the UK. In the UK, we may have some vulnerabilities of our own. Our population, for example, has a much higher incidence of obesity than Italy, and this may make us vulnerable as obese people tend to have underlying conditions, including diabetes and heart complaints. One thing that may be in the UK's favour is that our elderly population tends to be more atomized and isolated than it is in Italy. But it's still not clear if this will help. While the UK death toll stands at 335 people at the time of recording, meaning 16 times more people have died in Italy than in the UK, Paul Nuki told me this only feels further behind if you ignore the exponential growth in the number of cases. To put that into perspective, he told me about the wheat and chessboard test. Imagine you've got a chessboard in front of you with 64 squares on it. Put a grain of rice or wheat on the first square and then two on the second, and then four on the next, and just keep doubling until you get to the 64th square. Now ask yourself, how many grains of rice are there in total? The answer might surprise you. It's 18.4 quintillion. That's 18 with 18 zeros after it. It's a huge number. It shows you how quickly exponential mass adds up. A striking metaphor backed up by the World Health Organization's Director General, who today warned the pandemic was indeed accelerating globally and had now been reported from almost every country in the world. Its speedy delivery and efficiency mean Amazon is the world's largest online retailer, but it could soon be turning its hand to delivering coronavirus test kits. Amazon and other firms have reportedly been approached by the government to deliver the kits to frontline healthcare staff. Medical and social care workers would be the first to receive them, with the idea of distributing kits to people's homes being explored later, according to the Financial Times. It comes as the government faces mounting pressure to make testing NHS staff a priority. Today, the Health Secretary Matt Hancock said tests are currently being used on those in critical conditions. Testing is absolutely vital to getting out of this, and I want to get to a point where anybody who 
wants to get tested can get tested. At the moment, we're having to reserve the tests that we've got for uh, patients, especially in intensive care, so that they can be properly treated according to whether or not they have coronavirus. In a sign of progress in the UK's preparation for the peak of the outbreak, the country now has 12,000 ventilators, up from 5,000. It follows an appeal from the health secretary last week to existing providers and efforts to step up production. People with season or advance tickets who are no longer travelling on trains will be refunded in a move the Transport Secretary said would ensure no one is unfairly out of pocket for doing the right thing. The refund is part of a package of measures to support train companies after passenger numbers dropped by 70%. Simply reducing the number of train services running won't save companies enough money because of the high fixed costs of staffing and leasing the trains. In this new rail system, private companies will run the trains, but the government will absorb any losses. But The Telegraph's chief city correspondent, Oliver Gill, says the temporary situation might have a very lasting effect on Britain's railways. What we're going to see coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic is that a lot of people are going to get used to working from home. Now, to start with, it's going to be a bit painful, a bit strange, as it probably is right now. But once they get used to it, they will settle into it. Now, does this mean everyone's going to stop working in an office? No, but it does mean more people are more likely to see that they can do what they currently do in their working day from home. So if and when we come out the other side of the pandemic, the prospect of kind of not having to take that painful morning commute rammed in a full train is going to be very, very tempting for a lot of people. So in six months' time, if we do assume that the government does even want to move back, I think we're going to see the goalposts have fundamentally move. Fewer commuters are going to, is going to be fewer, is less revenue. What's going to happen is the contracts will need to get ripped up and started again. What tends to happen in these scenarios is is going with the status quo, and I mean the temporary status quo on this, would probably be easier. Uh, So all of this, really what it leaves us is the situation today that Grand Chaps has has effectively nationalised the railways. And whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, there certainly doesn't seem to be any, any turning back. To obtain a refund for any type of ticket, contact whoever you bought it from, the train company or an independent retailer. Schools are shut, but PE lessons continue. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to day number one of my PE with Joe. More than 800,000 households tuned in for personal trainer and Instagram star Joe Wicks's live YouTube workout on Monday morning. He's live streaming daily half-hour exercise classes aimed at keeping children fit whilst they're off school. First one is going to be rotation, so just left to right, we're going to warm the body up. The yoga studio I go to has been live streaming lots of its regular classes, which has been great, that's kept me busy. Here's how my Telegraph colleagues have been staying fit or in some cases, not. I've been attempting a bit of yoga on my landing, but I don't have a yoga mat, so I am risking carpet burn with every downward dog. There's a hill over the road from me in the North Downs that I try to walk up. Today I did my first online dance cardio class, which was very amusing, and also meant that I was able to blame my lack of coordination and timing on an imaginary internet delay. A friend of mine is a yoga instructor, So once a week, she's going to do a yoga class for me and a couple of other friends um, over Skype, which will probably just be us laughing, but at least that's a good use of our core muscles. What have you been doing to stay active at home? 
We'd love to see clips of what you've been up to. The more creative, the better. Maybe you've also been risking carpet burn. Perhaps you've been using your armchair as a jungle gym. Email them to us. It's coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk and you might find your 15 minutes of fame in a Telegraph video coming soon. If you need more inspiration, The Telegraph has put together a list of the best workouts you can do from your sitting room. I'll put the link to that in the show notes to this episode. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis, and I'll be back tomorrow evening with another update. In the meantime, head to telegraph.co.uk audio, where you can get a free 30-day subscription to The Telegraph online. <laughs>